Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next 90 minutes, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call 646-727-3070. That's 646-727. 3070. You can listen to the show blog talkradio.com slash pgant. Send messages to the show on Twitter at go for it can G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit show, The Haves and the Have Nots, actor Philip Boyd. Philip is a lifelong Atlanta Falcons fan. So, obviously, he's pretty excited about this upcoming weekend in the National Football League, excited about the playoffs. So, we'll see what the Falcons are going to do. But we're going to talk to Phillip about the Falcons and their chances against the Seahawks. Also, we're going to talk to Phillip about the haves and the have-nots. Big-time show, doing big-time ratings. A lot of people watching, a lot of people talking about it. So, we're going to talk to Phillip. And... 8.05, we're going to be joined by Philip. So that's in the next hour. Philip Boyd will be joining us in the next hour. 8.05, he will be joining us. And also, we're expected to be joined by one of the stars of the new edition story, actor Keith Powers. And Keith, he plays Ronnie DeVoe in that particular movie. That's going to be a great movie. New edition was a great group, man. They were a great group. Hits after hits after hits after hits. And then guys went solo. You know, you had uh, BBD, you know, Bell Biv DeVoe. Then you had, you know, Ralph. He went solo for a little bit. Had a nice hit with sensitivity. Of course, you had Bobby Brown. You know, and all the hits that Bobby Brown has had over the years. So new addition, whether they were together, whether they were, whether they were split up, they had hits. And, oh, by the way, Johnny Gill. Forgot about Johnny Gill. How could I forget about Johnny Gill and what Johnny Gill has done solo and with New Edition? So big time group, going to be a big time story. And we're going to be joined by actor Keith Powers to talk about it. And Keith will be joining us at 740. So Keith Powers at 740, Philip Boyd at 805. So it's going to be a fun show here today. And as we go through these next 90 minutes, we got to touch on what happened Monday night out there in Tampa. You know, the, the college football championship game, Alabama, Clemson. Your boy got it wrong. I got it wrong. I thought Alabama was going to get it done. It did look good after 14 nothing. It did look good after 24-14 going into the fourth quarter. It looked good. It did look good. Uh, 31-28. to Late in that football game, it looked good for a while there. 
but ultimately Clemson got it done. Ultimately, Deshaun Watson gets a championship. Ultimately, Dabo Sweeney gets a championship, but we'll talk to the, talk about that as well. Derrick Rose, we got to touch on that. Didn't show up to work. No show, no call. That's no good. But we'll talk about Derrick Rose as well. So let, let's get to this football. Let's get to this football. We got a lot of great football coming up this weekend. Last weekend, you know, where you got the Saturday and Sunday thing going on. This weekend, where you got the Saturday and Sunday thing going on. One more time is exciting. These are the best two weeks of the playoffs because of the Saturday and Sunday thing. These are the best two weeks. It doesn't get any better than this week and, and last week. Wild card weekend and the divisional round. It doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't. So as we come into this week, and as we look at this week, there's a lot of great matchups. A lot of great matchups. Obviously, the highlight of the weekend is going to be the Cowboys and the Packers. you got a Green Bay team that is flowing right now. Flowing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers talked about running the table, and the table has been run, ran. I mean, they ran it, and they're running it good. And they're still going, and they're hot. I mean, I mean Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's really playing some big-time football, big-time football. I mean, he's been getting it done. And that's probably an understatement. He's been getting it done. And against the Giants, he started slow, but slowly – and but surely, he turned around, he came around, and he tuned up the Giants for 362 yards and four touchdowns. So he balled out. And how about, the, I mean, the man's the master of the Hail Mary. He's the master of the Hail Mary. No one, I, I mean, he, he might throw the best Hail Mary ball in the history of the game. I mean, his Hail Marys are absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous, man. But, I mean, that Hail Mary was huge. And it just, you know, the, the game was 7-6 at the time. One-point football game. You hit that Hail Mary at that point in time. And now, you know, you're up a, a score and an extra point. Excuse me, a two-point conversion. You're up eight points at that point, 14-6. That was huge. And then Aaron Rodgers did and what Aaron Rodgers had done throughout this season. And that's just dominate the third, dominate the fourth, and just dominate. Just too much for the New York football giants. And I said last week, Eli and Aaron are two guys that you do not want to bet against. You don't want – if you got money, you don't want to bet against Eli, and you don't want to bet against Aaron. More so Eli in the playoffs. But Aaron Rodgers is balling. He's balling. And as I, we're going to start with this game. Cowboys, Packers, at Jerry World, Sunday. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. But every game, every game that we're going to see this weekend is a game we saw in the regular season. And we saw the Packers and the Cowboys in the regular season. And that was a football game. 
but Green Bay turned it over four times. Four times. And at the time, at the time, you know, after you look at that game, Packers lose that game, and then they go on to lose, you know, one, two, three, four, five out of the next six games. So after the Cowboy loss, you know, they, they beat the Bears, and then they lose four straight. And then at that point in time, Aaron Rodgers says, you know what? He's talking about running the table. And at the time, you thought Aaron was a little crazy. That offense wasn't really playing that well. That defense wasn't really playing that well. So you thought Aaron's a little crazy here. You know, he told us to relax one time. And then, you know, they did some big things. And now he's telling us he's going to run the table. And you know what? After that Redskins loss, you know, they, they beat the Eagles on Monday night in a game I thought the Eagles were going to win. But the Packers went into Philadelphia, got the victory, and then it just kept going. The Texans next, then the Seahawks, then at the Bears, then the Vikings, and then at the Lions to win the NFC North. So it kept going and going and going. It kept flowing and flowing and flowing. And the Packers are where Aaron Rodgers thought they would be, I guess. But if you look at this football game, you look at the, this football game. The last time these two teams played, again, Green Bay turned it over four times. And, and that's a big number. Because if you turn the football over like that, you're going to have a very difficult time winning football games. That's no matter who you play. And you most definitely are going to have a hard time against a Cowboy team who finished the year at 13-3. and So you most definitely are going to have a tough time against a team as good as Dallas when you turn the football over that many times. Too many times. You can't turn the football over that many times and expect to win football games. It's just that simple. And again, no matter who you play. And at the time, that was the game for me. And I think for a lot of people where people were saying, okay, let's see what Dak does here. Let's see what Dak Prescott does here. If he goes into Green Bay and beats the Packers, this is his job. This is his job. This was the game where he threw his first interception. He threw his first interception in this game. But, I mean, obviously he balled out. He played well in that game. And he played well throughout the course of this season. RG3 caliber rookie season. We all know what happened with RG3. I don't think that's going to happen to Dak, but you never know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers has been on this stage before. Aaron Rodgers is a Super Bowl winner. He's a Super Bowl winner. So he's gotten it done before on this stage. The year that they went to the Super Bowl and ultimately won the Super Bowl, they went through Philly. They went through Atlanta. Then ultimately they went through Chicago to get to the Super Bowl. So this team, Aaron Rodgers, doesn't have a problem going on the road 
and getting it done in the playoffs. But, big but here. A big but. You look at this team. You remember in that game, Ezekiel Elliott had 157 yards on the ground. He was effective. He was highly effective in that football game. Big time. So, that's something to look at. He was effective. And again, the four turnovers as well. But Zeke was Zeke in that game. And I'll say this. And I'll say this. You know, you can go into every I – think, I feel like you can go into every football game and one of the biggest keys is whether or not you're stopping the other team's run. Because you look at Seattle and the Lions last week, Seahawks-Lions, the biggest difference in that football game – was Thomas Rawls was getting off. Lions couldn't stop that run game. Because they couldn't stop that run game, it caused issues, caused problems, and ultimately the Detroit Lions are home. But you look at this. Ezekiel Elliott's been big time. He's had a big time year. And he's one of the reasons, of course, with that Cowboy offensive line, of course, with Dak Prescott, but he's one of the reasons that the Cowboys are here right now at this point in time. He's one of the reasons. Now, it's incumbent upon the Green Bay Packers to stop Ezekiel Elliott. You know, I, I think Zeke is going to be the difference in this football game. I think, you know, he might not get 157, but I think he's going to play very, very well tomorrow on Sunday. I really do. And I think Zeke is going to be the difference. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. But I think the Packers are going to have a tough time stopping this Cowboy offense. I think the Packers are going to have a tough time. And don't get me wrong. Those four turnovers were huge. You turn, Like I said, you turn the ball over that many times, it's hard to win. But I think Zeke is going to be the difference in this football game. And his ability – obviously, to run the football. The more Zeke is running the football, the better Zeke is running the football, the less you see of Aaron Rodgers and that big-time Packer offense. Also, with this, was, what's huge? What's, what's huge? Jordy Nelson, you're not going to have the services of Jordy Nelson. You know, that's huge. You know, Jordy Nelson is their number one wide receiver. He's a number one wide receiver. He's the Packers' number one wide receiver. So without Jordy Nelson, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. That rib injury is not going to allow him to play. He's your number one guy. He's your guy. And if you don't have your number one guy, and Jordy Nelson, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But you know what? I will say this. Even though I think the Cowboys are going to win this football game, even though I believe it, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to go against Aaron Rodgers at this point in time because of the way he's flowing, because of the way he's playing. I mean, it, it, it's just ridiculous what this guy is doing at this point in time. 
you know, we're talking about at points of the season. What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Is it his family? Is it his brother? He's not talking to his family? Is, is that the issue? What's wrong with Aaron? And it wasn't like that Green Bay Packer defense was playing well. And it wasn't like Aaron Rodgers was really playing bad. It, it wasn't like he was playing bad. So, but I mean, I'm just looking at this guy. I'm just looking at this guy. You know, and, and I'm seeing, you know, touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And then I'm looking at the interception column against the Redskins. Nothing. They lose that game, but no picks. Against the Eagles, no interceptions. Against the Texans, no interceptions. Against the Seahawks, no interceptions. Against the Bears, no interceptions. Against the Vikings, no interceptions. I mean, <laughs> on and on and on and on and on. And against the Lions, no interceptions. I mean, so it's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous at this point in time, man. And what are you doing? It's just it's just flat out like crazy. You know, to, to play the quarterback position at this high of a level is just crazy to me. It's crazy. And, and he's got this team in position to do some things. Like, here's the thing. I'm picking the, the Cowboys, but come Sunday at about 730, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers walked off with a victory. I mean, let's be real about some things. Dak Prescott, yes a big-time year, but these are the playoffs. It, it, it's one thing to play well in the preseason. It's one thing to play well in the regular season. It's a whole other thing to play well and get it done on the play in the playoffs. This is where legends are made. This is where – I mean, the playoffs – is why Eli Manning is probably going to be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done for him. His runs in the playoffs and, and, you know, his two Super Bowl victories against arguably the greatest quarterback ever and Tom Brady, you know, is one of the reasons that Eli Manning, when it's all said and done, is probably headed to Canton. Probably headed to Canton. So just something to think about. Something to think about. And the thing about Dak Prescott, you know, he hasn't been on this playoff stage. Nothing, nothing seems to phase this guy. Nothing. But, hey, this is a whole nother level, a whole nother stage. And we'll see if Dak is ready for this stage. I think he's ready for this stage. I think he gets it done. I think the Cowboys get it done. I think the Cowboys move on. I think they beat the Packers in this game, 31-24. to 24. Ezekiel Elliott, I think, has another big game, and I think that is going to be the difference. Zeke is going to be the difference in this game. His ability to run the football and the Cowboys' ability to run the football is going to be the difference in this game. And, and you could argue Zeke is an MVP guy. You, you know, you, you, you can put his name into the running. You can put his name into the hat. Obviously, I don't think he wins it. 
But his name most definitely, most definitely gets thrown in the hat for the simple fact is, hey, last year they had this big-time offensive line, but Darren McFadden wasn't putting up big-time yards. Joseph Randall wasn't putting up big-time yards. But you add an Ezekiel Elliott, he's putting up big-time yards. He's balling out. He's getting it done. And he's one of the reasons the Dallas Cowboys are where they're at. I mean, could a team, could a franchise get any more lucky than the Dallas Cowboys? You know, you get Ezekiel Elliott, all right? You you get Dak Prescott in the fourth round, you know, and, and, and everything just works out for you. And now you're in a position where the playoffs runs through Jerry's world and you have an opportunity now to get to the Super Bowl. It's going to be fun, man. But I think the Cowboys get it done. I think it's going to be fun, though. You look at now, one, one of the storylines from that Packers-Giants football game was the, the Giants wide receivers out there in sunny Miami, shirts off, you know, getting their party on, laughing, having fun, so on and so forth. So on and so forth. You know, and it was one of those situations. It was one of those situations where if the if the Giants won, we wouldn't say anything about it. But the Giants lost. And one of the guys out there on the boat in beautiful, sunny Miami. Oh, by the way, 49 states have gotten snow. And the only state that didn't get snow was Florida. Something to think about. But anyway, Odell Beckham Jr. out there on the boat with his fellow wide receivers, Victor Cruz, Shepard, and those boys having a good old time on the boat, laughing, you know, shirts off, you know, showing off the tattoos, you know, showing off the ripped bodies. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. But, I mean, you had those guys selling off, showing it off. And, you know, what? It was their off day. And they were back on the practice field when they needed to be back on the practice field. They were on time. And they did what they needed to do. You know, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where, you know, is it really that big of a deal? I mean, if if you have an off day, I mean, if you work Monday through Friday, you got an off day, and you go wherever you want to go, no one doesn't care as long as you show up to work when you need to show up to work. You can argue. You can argue. Odell Beckham with those drops. You know, you can argue, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, dropping a touchdown, seemingly a touchdown. You know, you had a few other drops. Four catches, 28 yards, 11 targets. You can argue that Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't ready. You know, he wasn't ready to do his job. You can make that argument because of his performance. He wasn't ready for his job. Now, do do I think I never played football, but do I think, do I think, and I could, you could say, well, Paul, you never played, so your position here is null and void. But do I think, him going to Miami affected his performance. You could say maybe, maybe it's a situation where it's like, yo, I got to prove everybody wrong. 
I got to prove everybody wrong. I got to prove them wrong. I, I, I got to show the world that, hey, I can go to Miami. I can go to South Beach. I can get my party on. But I still can be good, and I still can be good, and I still can perform at a high level. Maybe he put that pressure on himself. I mean, he's a young player, a young and talented player, big-time player. Man, that boy can play. He can play. He gets it done. But, and then after the game, you know, you, you break a wall, you know, you putting holes in walls and all that stuff. I mean, that, you, you, come on, Odell. You, you, you're better than that, man. I mean, you, you know, the thing is, and I don't know how he got that hole in that particular wall, but hey, if you punch your walls, you, you could break your moneymaker, which is your hand. You know, that's how you catch footballs. So you could break your hand. So come on, Odell. I mean, you're better than that, man. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Odell, if you're going to party hard, you're going to play you're gonna play hard, you got to play hard in the game. You're going to party hard, you got to play hard in the game. That's just the reality of the situation. I think next time, here's the thing. I, guys, have probably, guys have probably done this before, but this is a whole other era of football with the whole social media thing. I mean, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. I mean, it's instant. It's instant. It's out there for everybody to grab, to watch, to see, to look. You know, a few years back before social media, in the 90s, before social media, what, early 2000s, before social media really blew, I mean, he probably could have gotten away with this party did his thing, came back. No one would have ever known back in the day, back in the day. And what? It was social media. I'm thinking, when did this really pop? What, 2010, 2011? When, when this really popped? I mean, so, you know, Odell, next, you know, Victor Cruz, all those boys, like, look, I don't, th- I don't think it really affected your performance, but I will say, you know, you're going to have a bullseye on your, 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 your chest when you do things like you did. That's just reality, man. It, it, it's not fair. It might not even be right, but it is what it is. And in this world that we live in, there is no reality. It's only perception. So how one perceives or how the world perceives you is how the world sees you, even if it's not even real or true. Because that perception is that their reality. Your perception becomes your reality, and perception is reality, and the perception is, Odell, that maybe you aren't taking this playoff game serious enough. You aren't taking making it to the playoffs for the first time serious enough. You know, you, you decided that, you got to get your party on. You decide that you had to go to Miami and do your thing. And you did your thing. You had a good time. You know, and you said you were ready to play. You were ready to get it done. And ultimately, you didn't get it done. Do, do I think if, if Odell Beckham went, went to Miami, the, the, the Giants would have won the game? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I, I don't know. I can't say it definitively. 
I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't play defense. You know, he's he's not going after the quarterback. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But you could argue, you know, maybe if he makes that touchdown catch, it just changes the perspective of the football game, just changes things. Who knows? Who knows? But I do know this. Odell Beckham Jr. is a highly emotional guy. And, and I said this about Odell before, and I'll say this about Odell again. He's one of those guys that I believe is at his best when he's like, he's just emotional and he's, he, he's at his best when he's dancing and jumping around and, you know, doing those dancing drills and, you know, before the game and those one-handed drills and, and, and doing all the things that he does, just being Odell. Odell has to be Odell, I think, for Odell to be effective. He has to be that guy. He has to be extra. You know, he's got to be high strung. He's got to be whipping and nay-naying. You know, he's got to be, you know, jujuing on that beat. You know, he's got to be that guy in order for him to be the effective player that he wants to be. I think it, it comes with him. And I think it's what makes him him. And I think it's what makes him effective. I really do. I, I think he's just one of those guys that is, is is at his best when he is doing all the extra stuff. I, I think he's at his best when he's doing all the extra. So he's got to find a way to 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 work and stay in all that, but but tone it down just a little, just a little, just a little, just a little. It, it's okay. To be highly emotional, it's okay to be an emotional guy, but you, you got to learn to 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 finesse it a little bit. You know, you, you got to learn to tone it down when it's time to tone it down. You got to learn those things, and hopefully, he will. You know, just people saying maybe the Giants need to move on from him, so on and so forth. You know, you don't necessarily need a number one wide receiver. I mean, look at Seattle. They didn't really win a championship with a number one caliber wide receiver, you know, a superstar wide receiver. You know, Brady and the Patriots, they didn't win it with a superstar number one wide receiver. You know, I know Gronk was a, is a big-time tight end, but in terms of wideouts, they didn't really win with a number one big-time wideout. You know, so we, we've seen it. We, we've seen teams win without number one wideouts. But I think if you're the Giants – you work through it with Odell Beckham Jr. The guy seemingly works hard. The guy obviously is ultra talented. He's a home run hitter. He's a game breaker. Those guys don't come around all the time. So I, I, I'm thinking if you're the New York Giants, you try to find a way to work with this guy, help this guy, and, and you know keep him, keep him flowing, keep him going, and just get him on the right track a little bit. Help him to tone it down just a smidgen. Not a lot, just a little bit. So we'll see what happens. But let's go to Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, no show, no call, did not show up. You know, he had his teammates, you know, trying to, 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 to answer for him. The coach trying to answer for him. Like, hey, where's where's Derrick? Where's Derrick at? Where's, where, where's Derrick at? Derrick Rose, apparently, instead of playing the New Orleans Pelicans on Monday night, went to Chicago. Didn't even tell his employer. Went to Chicago and said, you know what? I got to go to Chicago. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you I got to go to Chicago. I know I got to come to work. 
but I'm not going to tell you I got to go to Chicago. I got to go to Chicago. You know, and he, he went to Chicago, uh, apparently, to tend to a family issue. We do not know what that family issue was, is. We don't know. We don't know if it's been resolved, handled. We don't know. But he forgot to inform his employer, the New York Knicks, that he was not going to be at the game. He, he forgot to tell his boss. His boss says that he is not going to make it. He, he forgot. I don't know if he forgot, but he just, like, I, I'm not going to tell anybody. I, I, I'm, I got to handle this, and I'm not going to bother to call anybody. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you can't, you can't do that. You, you can't do that. You can't. I mean, you're a grown man. You're a grown man. You're a grown man, dog. And you can't, as a grown man, you cannot, you cannot say, you know, you can't go to not go to work without telling your boss. I mean, it's a simple, it's a simple phone call. Like, look, listen, I got an issue. I got a family emergency. I'm sure if you tell your employer, I'm sure if you tell your boss that you have something to handle, that you have a family matter, I would think they would be okay with it. I mean, it's a family matter. It's obviously such a matter that you had to fly from New York City to Chicago. People just don't fly to New York City just to fly, excuse me, people don't fly from New York to Chicago just for no reason, especially when you have to be at work. Especially when you have to be at work. But, D. Rose, oh, he apologized. He did get fined. He apologized to his teammates, coaches, Bill Jackson, Steve Mills, everybody. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe after he told his teammates and everything what was going on, you know, they were receptive. You know, maybe they, they, they were empathetic. You know, maybe they showed him some sympathy. They were like, you know what, maybe if I was in that position, I would have done the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. You know, publicly, everybody's all good with it. But according to some sources, privately, you know, the, the Knicks are none too happy with Derrick Rose leaving, you know, a few hours before the game without telling anybody. This is a Knicks team that has been struggling. They've been struggling. Derrick Rose, who's looking to get another big deal. And the way the money is being thrown around in the National Basketball Association, there's probably going to be money for Derrick Rose, even after this. Because the guy... On the basketball court, you look at the numbers, and you're like, okay, Derrick Rose has played some decent basketball. 
17 points per game, you know, four assists, three rebounds. But, you know, he's still getting it done. And we've seen guys get paid for less production. Oh, by the way, he's only 28 years old. So he'll be 29 before next season starts. So he's still a young guy. He's a relatively young guy, you know, probably has not hit his prime, has some injuries, and and maybe he's not the same guy athletically, but he's not far off either. He's not that far off. I mean, he still has those those, those big-time drives to the basket. You know, he still has that athleticism, maybe not the athleticism that he had when he first came into the league, maybe not the athleticism that he had when he – Won the MVP back in 2011, but I think he still has what it takes and still has the ability to get it done in this league. If you're the Knicks at this point in time, you're in a position now, and and I always said this about Melo, look, Melo chose money over championships when he decided to stay with the Knicks. You know, and, and, and maybe he had a belief that, that Phil Jackson could put something together and, and, you know, put this team in position to be a championship-caliber team. Maybe he thought that Phil could do it. Maybe. But so far, you know, you got a Joe Kim Noah, who you gave a whole bunch of money to, who is, you know, not playing that well. You know, you, you got a team that really does not have much of a bench. You have a team that's won, what, not lost, excuse me, nine in the last ten, including a loss at the buzzer to the lowly Philadelphia 76ers. They lost to the process. Joel Embiid in them at the buzzer after blowing a ten-point lead with about two minutes left in the game. That's not a good look. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Derrick Rose leaving the team you know, without explanation, is the thing that will bring this team together and move this team moving forward to places. Maybe this is what the team needs to take them and and for them to rally around Derrick Rose and just just rally, rally around each other and take off from here. At this point in time, season were to end today. And again, a lot of basketball to be played. Knicks got 42 games left. So there's a lot of basketball to be played. But if the season were to end today, the Knicks would be on the outside looking in. And I think with some of the free agent acquisitions of Noah, of Rose, of, of Jennings, I think that's not acceptable. Th- this team, I think in order for them to be a success, in order for this year to be successful, they need to make the playoffs. But I will say this. I will say this. The Knicks might be in a position at this point in time to miss the playoffs. They might be in a position now where, hey, if there's a team that is looking for a point guard, come trade deadline. Derrick Rose might be available for you. You could argue at this point in time. The Knicks might be or or, or might want to think about possibly, hey, Melo's available. And, and, And maybe it's time for this team to say, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, this is your basketball team now. We're turning this franchise over to you. Melo, we're going to get you out of here, you know, get some assets, get some young players, move forward. D-Rose, 
We're going to get you out of here, get some assets, get some young players. Maybe that's what the Knicks do in this situation. Because this is a basketball team at this point in time is not good enough to win an NBA title. It may not even be good enough to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. May not be good enough. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. They might not be good enough. And since they may not be good enough, it might be time for Phil to think about tomorrow. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. And, and, and it might be time for Phil to think about tomorrow. It, it, it might be that time. Because the reality is this roster, who I thought possibly coming into this year, if certain things worked out, if Noah turned back the clock, if D. Rose turned back the clock, and Mello stayed mellow, I thought maybe this was one of those years and one of those times where maybe the Knicks could sneak to the Eastern Conference Finals. Possibly. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. I said possibly. I, I said certain things had to, to, to go right. I mean, I, I did, did, did give some caveats. You know, I did, did say certain things have to turn out right. Obviously. 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 Those things did not turn out right. And obviously, the New York Knicks on the outside looking in in terms of the Eastern Conference playoffs. But I think it might be time for Phil and the New York Knicks organization to think about tomorrow. And, and I said the same thing about the L.A. Clippers. I, I think that's a team at this point in time where you might have to start thinking about retooling, maybe even think about tomorrow. I know you're fourth in the Western Conference, but at the end of the day, I don't think you can beat Golden State or San Antonio in a seven-game series. So if you can't do that, you might have to think about some things. And, and that's just the reality of the situation. You might have to think about some things. And that's okay. That is okay. It's okay to th think about some things. It's okay to think about tomorrow. It, it, it's okay to move on because the reality is Blake, CP3, you know, DeAndre might not be good enough. And that just might have to be okay. And that might just mean that the L.A. Clippers may have to make some moves. When we come back, we're going to be joined by one of the stars of the new edition story, actor Keith Powers. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean see. anything in the playoffs, time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was, trying to throw uh, you, you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all. That's not Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs>
And we're back. Go for it, talking sports, having fun doing it. We got a great, great guy coming up. You know, you got the new edition story coming up on BET January 24th, 25th, and 26th. We're going to be joined now by one of the stars of that movie. Let's bring him in now. One of the stars of the new edition story, actor Keith Powers. Keith, how are you? I am great, sir. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. And let's get right down to it. First off, how did this opportunity come about for you? Um, well, you know, just being an actor, having an agent. First, you know, you get these, you get submitted for auditions, of course. And um, uh, I was submitted for this new edition when, when I first heard the project. It was like, it was like, wow, like they're doing a new edition movie. But I didn't know how big it was. I'm like, you know, you always get skeptical about these things because you wonder, like, you know, like, are they going to do it the right way? And at first, it was kind of nerve-wracking because it was like, I want them to do it the right way. But then it was like, the closer we got, the, the, the like, more excited I was. Okay. Stuff like that. And um, so I go out for it. And then when I first initially go out for a new edition, I went out for Ralph. So I go out for Ralph. I don't get Ralph. And then they bring me back for Ronnie, which I thought I was Ronnie in the first place. Um, then I book Ronnie. And um, and then the rest is history. So you guys, I mean, obviously, New Edition, they have big-time chemistry. Obviously, they did big-time things. How long did it take you guys to, to get that chemistry right? I mean, well, we kind of all, like, were cool right off the bat. You know, having to really work hard and work um, a similar goal, uh, a goal that we all wanted to reach, we had to build chemistry. It was like, it was like, um, it was mandatory, but everyone was on the same page, and it was dope because we all hung out. Okay. From rehearsal, we all hung out at each other's houses, chilled, talked on the phone and stuff, and we created, like, a brotherhood, which you really need to do a new edition movie because the movie is about brotherhood. And sure. it was really just putting that extra time, you know, like, no actors, you know, actors usually don't want to spend extra time off set. You know, they want to leave set and get back to their life. But us, it was like on set and life was becoming one because we were all reaching towards a certain goal. So I look at it, man. I, I'm looking at your picture. And I know you said at one point you were going for Ralph, but eventually you got the role of Ronnie DeVoe. You do kind of, you are more Ronnie than, than Ralph. I, I totally agree with that. Definitely. Definitely more Ronnie than Ralph. <laughs> so, good move on your part. You said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I kind of forgot, like, man, I was telling everybody, I'm like, Ronnie was cool. Like, all the, all the signs pointed to Ronnie, and I'm glad it worked out for him. We're talking to one of the stars of the new edition story, actor Keith Powers. Let me ask you this now. New edition, of course, they have a lot of hits. Do you have a favorite New Edition song? Yeah, of course. My favorite New Edition song is Can You Stand the Rain, of course. Okay. Can You Stand the Rain is my, um, yeah, my favorite number one. That song means a lot to me, actually. How so? Explain. Um, just um, one day, I was just, oh, one year, I was actually going through a tough period. Okay. I remember talking to my dad, and, you know, I grew up in a, a household that knew of that was New Edition fans, and I remember talking to my dad, and he was just like, you know, um, he was—he just used "Can You Stand the Rain" as a way to like diffuse 
how I was feeling, if that makes any sense. But he was just like, For sure. I was going through it, and he was like, man, you know that song, Can You Stand the Rain? I didn't know where he was going with it at first. I'm like, okay, Dad. He was like, nah, I really listen to the lyrics of that. He's like, they're asking, you know, they're saying, can you stand the rain? Is that, everything is going to be good when everything is good, but when it's bad, can you, can you get through it? Sure. And that stuck out to me because I was like, man, that's crazy. Like, I never really looked at the song from that point of view. You know, like, and that's exactly what the song is saying. Right. And that really, I could always like the song, but that really made me, like, have a special place, place for it. Like, wow, wow, that's so true. And, yeah, that was, that's what made me really, like, like that song the most. So I, you, you talked about your parents. They're big-time New Edition fans. I mean, so you really knew that you, you had to bring it in this particular movie. Talk about your parents and, and them being New Edition fans. Oh, yeah, I mean, my mom had a crush on Ronnie and Ralph Tresden growing up. So, you know, my mom and always talks about Ronnie and Ralph. So I already know just based off him alone, I'm like, dude, like, I had to be with them being diehard fans and being real fans, they're instantly going to be like, you know, if something is not right to them, it's not going to, something is not right, right to them, it's, it's going to point out. They're going to, they're going to know. For sure. For sure. So, so, like, just my mom being a fan of Ronnie and I'm playing Ronnie, which is crazy. It's like, dang, I have so much, I have so much to get done. For sure. For sure, you gotta bring it. Gotta bring it. <laughs> so, uh, just seeing some of the previews of the mo- of the movie, I-, I see you guys on stage doing various dance numbers, doing various songs. Uh, talk about that process. I mean, what did you have to? Uh, was it the boot camp where you guys kind of got some of the moves down and everything? Yes, it was definitely the boot camp where we got all that down. I mean, the boot camp was everything. The boot camp, getting the moves out of the boot camp wasn't easy, though. And I remember stressing out because I knew Ronnie, being like the best dancer, knew that I had a great deal of responsibility. So I'm like, man, I had to get those dancers down in a certain amount of time. And um, it was that was very stressful. I remember just like thinking about the moves before going to sleep, and it just on my mind all night. But I, cr- I came out and I and I did it, and it just showed like, man, you can really get anything done if you. You know, put your mind to it. As corny as it sure. might sound, it's so true. We're talking to one of the stars of the new edition story, actor Keith Powers. So let me ask you this now. Obviously, going through the boot camp, learning the role of Ronnie DeVoe, and learning about the group New Edition, what was the craziest thing that you learned about New Edition during this whole process? Um, I think the craziest was just that the fact that they went through so much behind the scenes and, like, before big performances, like, before, like, Soul Train performances, people go through, like, arguing and the drama off, off dealing with, arguing with, um, arguing with the record labels and arguing that, you know, to just, to just for, for fairness. And then we'll go, like, from there straight to working from there straight to perform it. And I think that was, like, really crazy to me because I'm like, wow, like, they went through all that right before performances? Like, that's why. <laughs> yeah, like, man. That, that stood out to me the most. It just showed how responsible they were. And I always say, like, responsibility these days is like a lost cause. Like, like a lost art. I, I mean, like, 
overlook um, people overlook uh, being uh, professional. For sure, they overlook it a lot, and I think that's huge nowadays. So, so let me ask you this now. Obviously, New Edition, the members of New Edition, they were a part of the story in terms of you know consultant and everything, and they were a part of things. How much did you bond with those guys, the members of New Edition? Oh man, a lot. I had to. I I, I learned a lot from them, um, mainly because they were at boot camp. <laughs> they were at boot camp, and not only that, um, they they were at boot camp. But we got to basically get it all from the coach, and I think that was huge. And that's huge in anybody because you know when you have the luxury of playing people who are still alive, you're able to get everything from the source. Whenever we needed anything, we just go straight to them. And I think that was like that played a big role in our success. And just being on set with them and talking with them, you know, like they became like family to us. And I had to remind myself, like, wow, this is New Edition. And I'm cool with New Edition. Like, we work with New Edition now because we did this. And it's like, that's crazy to even think that. That's cool. That's cool stuff there. So, listening to New Edition, obviously, you listen to a lot of New Edition during this time. And then listening to today's RB, what do you feel like? Is the difference? Was the difference? Um, yes. Back then, I can say that back then, um, honestly, <laughs> back then they, they had better vocals. You know, like I mean, they were they were better vocals because you know back then you had you were one take, you know, one take in the studio, and you had to get it right. So I think that prepared them to have the performances on point. You know. Like, right. Just being able, knowing that you had to do a one and done, and it's you like on point for performance. And I think nowadays people performances. I mean, not to take away from artists these days, but their performances is nowhere near the artists, you know, of that generation. Honestly, it's just because they were just so, they were just so like ready already because of the fact that they had to, you know, one and done a studio. Or they were on their thing vocally. Like nowadays, I feel like this is the era of um, this era is more so about the writing. The writing in this era is amazing, but I would say back then vocally they were on a whole different level. So it's just the switch of you know the switch of prim- uh, primary focuses. Do you do you have a preference? I mean, do you like yesterday's R and B better than today's R and B? Um, I mean, I feel like '90s R and B and early 2000s that's some good R&B party next door you have um, I mean you could consider the weekend R&B kind of some some songs like a lot of R&B artists nowadays are doing multiple genres whereas back then it was strictly R&B you know there's nothing wrong with that because even New Edition crossed over but I would have to say like the 90s and early 2000s was the best pure R&B you might be right there You, you might be right with that, we're talking to one of the stars of the new edition story, actor Keith Powers. And Keith, reading up about you, I heard in high school you were a big-time football player, and you had some opportunities in terms of playing on the collegiate level. What kind of opportunities did you have? Yeah, I think that when they say well, about my football pass, I think they kind of put it on thick a little bit. I was always um, a good football player. I can admit that I was never great. And I wasn't great because I didn't have the um, athletic ability. 
I had that. I wasn't great because I didn't put my effort into it. I wasn't in love with football like I thought I was. I was just used to football. And there's a difference because I was born into it. And when you're born into something, you kind of take it for granted. Like, well, this is what it is, and I'm going to go to the pros because I'm playing now, and I'm going to play for a long time, and I'm going to eventually get better. And that was my whole I, like that was my whole deal. But something in me always told me that, like, I didn't think I was going to be an actor, but something in me told me, like, man, like, I feel like I'm ne- I never was shy. I always was, like, the kid who, who like, if you wanted me to laugh and stuff, and I was like, man, I got something, but I just don't know what it is. I used to even think that when I was young. Like, I was always easy to make friends or just the little things like that. And I was like, you know what? Like, that, that's crazy. And when I started, um, when I was playing football, basically, I mean, I was talking to uh, a lot of, like, smaller colleges. It wasn't nothing crazy. But then I was really trying to go to UNLV because my uncle was there. And so, like, I had kind of, like, uh, um, a direct line to UNLV. And I was trying to go there, but it didn't work out. But when I look back, I was hurt at the time, really hurt. But when I look back, I'm so glad this happened. And it just shows you that things happen for a reason because I'm so much more in love with acting than I was football. Like, so much more. And I would have never known that. If, you know, if, if those colleges would have picked me up, you know, I would have never <laughs> even got to be in this interview right now. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely love, man, I love acting so much, but my, my, you know, they kind of put it on to say I was a big time. Like, I was good. I was like second team, second team all league and stuff like that, but nothing super crazy. I could have been better. Well, really okay. could have been better, but at the same time, I didn't put it work. So you are a Sacramento kid. You told me all fair. You are a 49ers fan. Rough year for the San Francisco 49ers. Bad, bad, bad. GM's gone. Coach is gone. Not a good time to be a 49er fan. What's wrong with the 49ers? What's wrong with them? Well, you know, they got rid of everybody. And then, weirdly, I've never seen nothing happen like this. I mean, me playing watching sports or whatever, I've never seen them like this. So, like, people retire, like, young. One of our young linebackers retired, and Patrick Willis retired, and then some people left, some people got injured, and then some people got traded. It was more so having to do with the uppers, the the, the uppers, uh, like Trent Bulk and um, Jay York. I wouldn't really put it on Jay York, but Trent Bulk really didn't do a good job GM. Right. You know, after, after we had those good teams, honestly. I, you know, like people say, oh, it's Kaepernick. I'm like, nah, it's not really Kaepernick, because you could do stuff with Kaepernick. You just have to put the right tools around them. But it was the higher-ups, and they didn't make the right decisions, and it showed. It don't matter what you did years before. Like, when, when you don't – that's why football is so rare because it's like you have to win now. And if you don't, people want to leave. People want to get their money, or, and they don't want to leave, and you don't have the same team as you once did. So you got to really, like – you got to really, like, GM right. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened to us, really. Lost Super Bowl and then lost everyone else. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. You, you you got some retirements. You had some guys with some off-the-field issues. And ultimately, you couldn't replace that talent. Quite frankly, I thought Chip Kelly, I'm not saying Chip Kelly would have done a great job, but I kind of think he got a raw deal because I don't think there's that much talent on the football team. And to your point, I think it goes up to the GM and to the to ownership. I think it goes more so the GM to the ownership, to your point. But, I mean, Chip Kelly really didn't have the talent necessary to be successful with the 49ers. 
I agree, and I, I would never put it on Chip Kelly because, like you said, he didn't have – that's why I was kind of confused why they had fired him so fast. But I understand that San Francisco is a big franchise, and they're like, we want to win now. But I also feel like, well, you didn't set him up with anything to be firing him. So I didn't really – I don't know how I felt about that at least. But I do feel like Trent Bogue should have got fired because I feel like Trent Bogue made some bad decisions. And from the Trent Bogue that I know, he made some good. We used to draft good. Like, we used to draft good. And, like, these past years we did, but what he did this year was just, like, horrible. For sure. For sure. And, and I think, ultimately, Chip Kelly was a victim uh, of the GM being fired because, ultimately, new GM is going to want his own coach. And so, I mean, it is what it is. The playoffs are shaping up. The playoffs are flowing. The playoffs are going. How do you see this ending up? Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? And who wins it all? Oh, um, it's weird because, like, me being a Niners fan, I, I wanted the hater in me. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a hater, but the hater, the sports rivalry hater in me who doesn't want Cowboys to get a ring because then they'll have six like the Steelers. <laughs> and I want us to have six. At the same time, I love watching the Cowboys. They're so dope to me. They are. They are. They are. They're, they are fun to watch. So fun to watch. So it's like I want to see them do good, but at the same time, same time, the the, the rivalry train in me says, nah, definitely not that. But um, yeah, I, I honestly I see. Uh, Green Bay and the Patriots, or um, okay. Green Bay and the Patriots, or Patriots and the Cowboys. But then you, you can't sleep on the Steelers either. So no. the Steelers always like find a way to stay in here, and it, it makes me like always confused. Like how are they still here? But you can't <laughs> sleep on them either. So I'll say either the Patriots or the Cowboys, or the Steelers and the Green Bay, or Patriots and Green Bay here. Steelers and Cowboys. What are them for? <laughs> no, nah, you got to give me one. <laughs> one? Oh, to win it all? Yeah, who going to win it all? Oh, uh, Patriots. Okay, Patriots. Sorry. I just put my money on anybody, I'm putting it on Brady. Oh. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. We're talking to one of the stars of the new edition story, actor Keith Powers. So, Keith, doing big things with the new edition story. What else is going on with Keith Powers? Um, new edition, January 24, 26, 26, of course. And then um, Famous in Love on ABC Family. It's a drama that I'm leading. It uh, comes out April 18th on ABC Family, which is now Freeform. They changed the name of the network. And um, uh, I got a Netflix movie called Reality High, a comedy coming out this summer. So I'm excited for 2017. I just have to capitalize and, you know, not really rush. You know, like when what happens with people in this industry is once you get a little success, you want to rush the rest of your success. You're like, oh, I'm doing this, so everything has to happen. And I think I have to keep reminding myself that it's all a process. That's what I want to do. That's my goal is just to play the longevity game and take my time. So, obviously, this has been a great year for you. Straight out of Compton, you know, 2016, new edition now, 2017. It's a great run for you. How much has life changed for you? Um, I mean, life has changed since I've been doing what I've been doing simply because I have this, you know, solid money in my pocket. I can take care of myself, you know, provide for myself, live comfortable. 
Um, people see me, they recognize me in the streets, which is crazy. I mean, not nothing too crazy, like I can live, but people recognize me. Even if they don't say nothing, they always hit me on my social media later, like, oh, I see you here or there. Like, people recognize me a lot more now, so that's, like, interesting and fun. But other than that, it hasn't, been too, I just, it hasn't changed too, too much. Just the fact that, you know, I have access to some things. I know legends personally, which is crazy to me. Like, I have their numbers from Dr. Dre to New Edition to, oh, oh man, all these people. Uh, I know Rick Fox person, Aaron Davis, and it's just like, man, these are people I watch. Because I think that that's huge for me because knowing them, I've noticed, like, man, man they're human just like me. And it just shows you, like, people really do what they do and put in the work. They're, they're, they're humans just like you. You just got to put in the work. So that's the most that's changed since I've been doing this. Obviously, you get recognized a lot, man. Females got to be coming at you too as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be careful out there. Thank you, man. <laughs> so, fans, 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 make sure January 24th, January 25th, January 26th. Make sure you're locked in on BT, watching the new edition story, supporting this man, hitting him up on Instagram, at Keith Powers, hitting him up on Twitter, at Keith Powers. Support, support, support all the great things going on with Keith Powers. And I said Keith Powers on Twitter. On Twitter, it's Keith T. Powers. On Twitter, that's Keith T. Powers. And again, support all the great things going on with actor Keith Powers. Keith, absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Would love to do it again. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Take care. Actor. Keith Powers, absolute pleasure talking to him. And that new edition is good. That's going to be real good. January 24th, 25th, 26th. Make sure you're locked in and watching BET. That's going to be fun. That new edition story. Hits, hits, everything hits. We're going to bring in another guy now um, who took some hits. Thus far this season, on the have-nots, took some big-time hits, actually. But he's doing big-time things. And this is a big weekend for him. He's got the Atlanta Falcons. His Atlanta Falcons. An opportunity, you know, a home game, round. I mean, he's got a great opportunity. And this might be a great time for him this weekend. We're going to bring out one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit show, The Haves and the Have Nots, actor Philip Boyd. Philip! Paul, what's up, buddy? Sir. Everything good? Everything's great, man. How about yourself? <laughs> oh, I can't complain. Can't complain at all. Thanks for joining Happy us. Happy New Year to you. Same to you. Philip, let's get cool. right down to it. Let, yeah, let's let's talk it. about the Falcons for a moment. You know, All right, you didn't it. exist. You know, for the Falcons. 
you know, they're in position now. I think they win this game. How do you feel I think that, going into this game? I think I think it's going to be a close game. I know the Seahawks have been bad on the road this year. So, uh, you know, Matty Ice has a, is in a good position right now to do well this weekend. And I think he'll pull it off. I agree. I totally agree with you. Here's why. I mean, okay. So you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it's it's going to be a tough game. I mean, I know that that you got Russell Wilson, and he he's good. He he's he's been in this position before. So definitely, that's what kind of scares me. But, but here's the thing: last time you played this team, it was a very close game. And and watching right. that game, it, it came down to it was a game that the Seahawks had a lead early. But you guys closed, you know, took the lead late in that football game and ultimately had an opportunity. This time around, Earl Thomas is not there. That's huge. That's huge. And I think that's going to be a big difference. I think so, too. And plus, you know, Falcons at home, uh, that's a good thing for the Falcons. Most definitely. And and Julio Jones is healthy. I mean (laughs) – that's been the matchup all season, hasn't it? For sure. Yeah, no doubt, man. He's big time. I'm excited. I mean, we don't get a, we don't get a chance to watch him out here in Los Angeles too much. We never broadcast him on network TV. But uh, they'll be broadcasting it tomorrow. So it's a great time. Great time. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to sitting back and watching the Falcons tomorrow. So you think at the day they're going to get it done? End of the day, I think they did, they get it done. Absolutely. I mean, okay. it, you know, it, listen, I, I was dogging the Falcons at the very beginning of the year, and you know I was. Last radio show, I was not happy about the Falcons' uh, season this year. But they surprised the hell out of me. So I'm, uh, I'm, on, I'm in their corner for sure. Yeah, I, I think – you know, here, like you said, Seattle's not the same team. They're just not. And the th- right. thing is also, Earl, I said Earl Thomas isn't there. Also, I, I feel like I don't think Seattle can score enough points. And I know your defense isn't great. And I know they played a little near the end of the year. but But I feel like I just don't think the Seahawks can score as many points as the Atlanta well, Falcons. I don't think I just, either. And, and, and I think that we've had a couple of weeks off, a couple, a couple of weeks to everybody get healthy and, and well-rested, and they're going to come out there like gangbusters. Right. So if – All right, so we're, if, we're in agreement if, on this. We are. We are. So if the Falcons get it done here, would you – Go to the NFC Championship, whether it's in Dallas or whether it's in Atlanta. You know what? I I, I would really try to, actually. Yeah, I would. You should. I'd love to. You should have tried to go this week. Listen, let's let's get past this week right now, (laughs) and then we'll go from there. (laughs) 
I think we're going back. I think we're going back to Atlanta to, to film the next season uh, pretty soon, anyway. So maybe we'll get a chance to catch him on the uh, on the NFC Championship. That'd be perfect for you. Yeah, it would be. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Perry. obviously, you didn't expect this type of season. I did. I, I did not. I mean, listen, they won a lot of close games. They had a lot of close a games. A lot, I yeah. Thought. I mean, some could have went the other way. They could have. They could have easily been, you know, thirteen and 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 three, easily. What do you think? If you look at their schedule, and and look at the things that they did during the season. I mean, you know, if I, if I look at it, you know, there's some close games here that, you know, they, they, well, they lost to the Cardinals. I'm looking at the Seahawks. I'm looking, I'm thinking, I'm looking at the Seahawks schedule. I got to look at the Falcons schedule. <laughs> yeah. Look so at you, the Falcons, cause, cause against the Chargers, they, they, you know, they lost 33 to 30. Which is that was a game. Yeah. Where hard. crazy stuff happened. They lost that game down the stretch. Um, you look at, uh, they lost to the Eagles in Philadelphia. That was a game, a close football game. You know, the that Chiefs. Yes, that, that. Let me ask you about that game. Let's stop right there. What was your okay. reaction when you saw Eric Berry, you know, returning that two point conversion? Oh, man. It's just like watching a train wreck. You know what's <laughs> happening, but you're like, ah! <laughs> I couldn't believe it. That was a crazy uh, game. That's yeah, a crazy way to lose a game. Yes, it was. And then you had, you had the Seattle game, which, you know, they lost by two. And that was a game where some believe that Julio Jones was interfered on on that final play there. So you look at that, and you're saying, okay, they're 11-5, but 11-5 could easily be 13-3. and three. Easily. Yeah, that, easily. Easily. Definitely. And you know what? I'm just, I'm just looking at – you know, this team, and, you know, I see a lot of 30s, you know, in, in terms of their points, 35 against the Raiders, 45 against the Saints, 48 against the Panthers, you know, 33 against the, the Chargers, 33 against the Packers, 43, 38 against the Cardinals, you know, 42 against the Rams, 41, 33 yeah, against yeah, the Panthers. You can't, you can't include the Rams. You can't include the Rams. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Let's take the Rams off. Okay, <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I, I, my my stance on this game, like I said before, is I just don't. I think this offense is too pro. Like the Seattle defense is big time. Don't get me wrong, they're still a big time defense. They're still one of the better defenses in football. That's no doubt. But yeah, I, I, I look at this team and it's like okay, they're big time, but. They're not what they once were, and also I just can't get around Earl Thomas not being there. That that I mean, Earl Thomas is one of the best safeties in football, and you can't That's replace exactly right. you can't replace that type of guy. That 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 type of guy is hard to replace. Yeah, I mean, you got Richard Sherman there, but you, every time I see Richard Sherman, he seems a little bit frustrated now. He is an emotional guy. I, he is an emotional guy, and I think he's Definitely. just frustrated now that he doesn't have his safety. You can't do everything. Right, for sure, for sure. But I will say this is a defense. And the most important metric, I, I think, in terms of a defense, 
is points per game. And this is a defense that's third in that category, only giving up 18 points per game. But I think the Atlanta Falcons offense is better than this Seahawks defense. I really do. I'll agree with you on that, but I know Pete Carroll's a son of a bitch. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a big-time coach. He's, he's big-time. Yes, he is. He's big-time. Yes, he and this is a – this is a, and only thing I'll say about this team, and here's the thing. Even though I think the Falcons are going to win this game, it is hard to, to go against Russell Wilson, you know, 8-3 and three in the playoffs, a guy that's been a gamer throughout the course of his career, and a guy that's put up big-time numbers – in the playoffs, and, and, and a guy who's, who's one of the better quarterbacks in this league. It's hard to go against him. It really is. I agree 100%. It's going to be like watching the Alabama-Clemson game all over again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's – the way here's, – here's also going to be a key. Here's also going to be a key. If you remember, if you watched last week when the Seahawks played the Lions, one of the biggest reasons they were effective, one of the biggest reasons they won that football game – is they were able to run the football. And they had a lot of success on the ground with Thomas Rawls, and that was huge. And if they can – here's the thing. Atlanta cannot let Thomas Rawls and that Seahawks run game get off because I think it's going to be a problem. I think you want to put this team in position where they have to throw the ball as much as possible because while that offensive line played well against the Lions, that uh, Seahawks offensive line – is not a big-time offensive line, and it's, it's, it's a suspect offensive line. The offensive line is just okay. So if you put that team in obvious passing situations with Vic Beasley there, you know, 15-and-a-half sacks, that's advantage Atlanta. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think, you know, coming from having Dan Quinn have a defensive background, he's on top of it. I think he's a – He's the right man for this job tomorrow. I'm so pumped for the Falcons, man. They did such a good job this year. For I'm sure. I'm sure they're excited as, as all get out too, man. Definitely, definitely. We're talking to one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit show, the haves and the have-nots, actor, Philip Boyd. So end of the day, end of the day, you know, you feel like Atlanta's going to win tomorrow. I feel like Atlanta's going to win tomorrow. End of the day. Does Atlanta get to Super Bowl 51? Oh, man. That's pressure right there, man. I, you know, it's going to be a grind. Of course, I'm rooting for them, too. Right. You know, if they get to Super Bowl 51, I am going to be so excited for them. It'll be the first time since, what, like 1986 or something like that? Uh, 98, when they played the, um, the yeah, Broncos, Broncos. right? John Elway's last That's game. Right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, 98. It's been a long time, man. A long time. Very long time. Is it possible? Can it, get, can it happen? Will it happen? Absolutely. Absolutely it's possible. Will it happen? I'll say yes. Okay. All right. All right. So, so let's lock you in now. You have the Atlanta Falcons going to the Super Bowl. Who do they play? The Patriots. All right, all right. So Matty Ice and Tom Brady. Matty Ice versus Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I like all that right. matchup. Okay, all right. So here's one thing also against the Atlanta Falcons. Matty Ice hasn't always been that great in the playoffs throughout the course of his career. 
that scare you at all, little at all? Well, you know, I knew you were going to bring that up. Uh, I think sometimes, man, the older you get, the more more relaxed you get. Okay. Um, so I think that if he has a chance, it'll be this year. If he doesn't do it this year, he might do it next year. But he, this, these are very crucial years for him. So I'm hoping that he does. I'm hoping that he can just like kind of calm the nerves and connect with Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman and make it happen. So we, we look at Matt Ryan in the playoffs, a career one in four, one and four in the playoffs, nine touchdowns, seven interceptions. Still no fear? It's a different season, man. <laughs> you know? Okay. I, I don't have any fear. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you put, your, you put all your heart into it, and hopefully, you know, it works out in their favor. Sounds good. Sounds good. So let's go to the haves and have-nots right now. I mean, you know, we saw you at the, the start of the season. <laughs> you know, you took a beatdown. You, you took a big-time <laughs> beatdown from Candace. That beatdown was legendary. How you feeling? You, know, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. You know, it's kind of it's so funny. It's, it's something funny about that is, I you know, I had to walk around with a damn patch on my head the rest of the season. <laughs> and I, I walked out one day and I forgot to get makeup to remove it. And I walked back in the hotel and everybody like freaked out. Everybody was like, are you okay? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It was funny though. Yeah, I took a beat down. She gave Big it time. to me. Yeah, man. Yeah, but you know, Oscar Oscar has a way of getting out of things. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's more to come this season with Oscar in it. Oscar's got a pretty big part this season. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's all I can really say. So let me ask you this: You, you said Oscar has a very big part this season. How many episodes are we expected to see you in? I think you'll see me in about 10 episodes or 11 episodes a season, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to see you a lot. Like you said, we're going to see you a lot. You're going to see Oscar a lot this season. I, you know, we haven't started filming next season yet, so I don't know, if, you know where he'll be next season. But uh, as of right now, you're going to see Oscar a lot this season. Okay. All right. So Yeah, some interesting stuff coming up. For sure, for sure. I mean, it's already started out interesting. I mean, you know, I, I ask you this every time I have you on, and but but could this be the best season yet? Is is this the best season yet of the haves and have-nots? Oh man, I'm I'm telling you, it's so crazy because you know we we shot in a new studio this past season. Tyler Perry opened up his new studio over at Fort McPherson, and it's a whole different. Set. I mean, it's all new sets, and it's just it's a new kind of look with the camera and everything. And I think with that brought a new excitement, Tyler Perry, and I think it brought a new sort of energy to filming. And with that being said, it's it's going to be a lot more intense. It's going to be hyped up. It's going to be it's going to be a, a ride. It's going to be a wild ride. And I think it's going to be better than last season, no doubt. No doubt. Okay. It's gonna move a little bit. It's gonna move a little bit quicker too. I think. All right. I will say this. It does. It does seem like thus far, you said it's gonna move quicker. So it seems a little slow at this point. Not not saying it's bad because it's still good. It's great actually. 
But, uh, I, I, you know, obviously as a fan, you want to see it get to that point. Like, you, you want to see things resolved. You want to see issues resolved quick, fast, and in a hurry. But you said it's going to get there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just building up steam right now. I mean, there's a lot of stuff ahead that, you know, I wish I could have been there to see the filming of. But from what I heard from the rest of the castmates, they're like, wow. Like, wow, this day was crazy. This day was crazy. I mean, he had us going at a at a fast pace anyway this past season. I think we shot something like, you know, all this, this the whole season like in 13 days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, let me ask you. Pretty crazy. Kind of put it put in perspective how fast that actually is. Okay, so a regular network television show that's like an hour long drama, like a Chicago Med or NCIS or something like that, they shoot a full episode in 10 days, 8 to 10 days. Okay. And so, <laughs> and they shoot about 6 to 7, 6 to 8 months out of the year. We shot 23 episodes in 13 days. Wow. So that is, that is in fact, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, they shoot, usually like on network television, they shoot around four to ten pages a day, maybe four to six pages a day. We shot anywhere from 65 to 110 pages a day. Wow. And and you said you're about to start shooting in about a few weeks, right? That's the word on the street. I haven't gotten any official word yet, but uh, but that's what I hear from some of the people on staff. So being... Being that Tyler Perry goes in, in such a quick rate in terms of filming, like, how do you prep yourself knowing that, you know what, this is going to come fast? Yeah, there's really no way to prep for it other than just, you know, memorizing your lines and, and hoping for the best and hoping you get it done in a couple of takes. Uh, you know, Tyler Perry, like, he, he trusts his actors and he hires great actors to come in there and deliver the dialogue. And it's, so far, it's been a great formula. I mean, he's got so many shows on the air right now. There's, I don't know how he even keeps up with him, with his damn self, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, is there a method behind his madness in terms of going so fast? You know, I just think that he he likes to work. He, okay. I mean, he's there directing every episode, and then after that, I think he's going home, and he sleeps, and he gets back up, and he, you know, directs the whole day again. And then when he's done, he moves right into another show, or he might be directing two shows at one time. Like, you know, we'll shoot the halves on Monday and Friday and then shoot the rest of the shows on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then come back to the halves on Monday and Friday. Like, it just all kind of depends on his schedule. Okay. And then, right. he's, then, he's, then he's going off, you know, doing the play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> the man likes to work. And I guess if you love what you do, it's really not work, right? Exactly, man. Exactly. We're talking to one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit show, The Haves and the Have-Nots, actor Philip Boyd. And Philip, Tyler Perry's working. You know, obviously you're working with The Haves and the Have-Nots. But what else are you working on? What else are you doing? I just finished a movie called Do You See Me? It's a uh, psychological thriller that has to do with clowns, actually. It's going to be okay. Kind of a creepy little movie. And then I just finished doing a mini series. Uh, I did a little part in a mini series called feud coming up and that's a Ryan Murphy project. And I get to play a guy named Maximilian shell who uh, won the Academy award back in 1961 for the judgment at Nuremberg. 
Okay. And uh, it's, and that's with Susan Sarandon, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Jessica Lange, uh, Stanley Tucci, Sarah Paulson, a lot of great actors. All right. So you're Tyler Perry busy on some level, right? Well, a little bit, and I've you know I've been busy. Uh, I've I created my own show actually, and I'm working with a company right now to develop that. And okay. Finished writing a movie. Uh, writing a movie, and that movie should be going in production sometime this year. Um, it's been busy, man. Busy That's good. time, for Philip. That's yeah. good. How's married life? Man, I love it. That's Best great. thing that ever happened to me. Okay. That's good. That's good, man. So 2016 was, was good to you, and, and it seems like thus far 2017 is off to a great start, not only professionally, not only personally, but your your football team. I mean, it's a great time to be Philip Boyd. You know, that's what they're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to get on the train, man, and like, enjoy it. Right now I just got my head down trying to work, you know. For sure, for sure. And speaking of training, man, I mean, looking at some of the pictures of you, you're no stranger to the gym. You know, how do you stay in shape, man? What's the secret? What's the trick? Let us know. Man, I tell you what, that's another great thing about being married is that my wife, she she's she's Eastern European and she has a mindset of work, 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 work. And she put me on a diet this year, and we've been in the gym every single day, and I've been leaning out, toning up. That 2017 is going to be a different story for Philip Boyd. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm on a diet of nothing but chicken breast, rice, and broccoli right now. So are you, since the first of the year. Are you, are you looking to lose any type of weight, or is it you just looking to tone up a little bit? I've lost about eight pounds already from the first okay. of the year. And okay. uh, I'm, I'm in the gym every day, too, with you know working with a trainer, and uh, he's got me you know, looking a little bit more ripped. These days, I'm gonna take some more photos. I think in the next couple of weeks, so maybe you'll, you fans out there will get a chance to see some of Philip Boyd without a shirt on or something. I don't know. I'm gonna see how it goes. Okay. All right. So you're gonna get guys like me jealous, you know? I mean, guys who 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 are not in big time shape like yourself. I mean, hey, you're man, gonna do that I'm, to I'm me. I'm looking. I'm looking to inspire people, not to make okay. anybody jealous. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. That sounds good. I mean. You know, I'm just looking to look good with clothes on. I mean, uh, I'll figure out looking good without clothes on later at some point in time. But, you know, to me, it's all about looking good with those clothes on. Hey, man, do your thing. As long <laughs> as you look good, you feel good, right? For sure, for sure, for sure. sure. So the haves and the have-nots, like we said, you said it's probably going to be the best year ever for the show could you give us any type of preview of what we can expect? Anything? Well, well, already I think you've seen a different side of of um, Catherine, Renee yes. character. Uh, yeah. And and then you get you know why it came out of a coma, and then you've got the whole new thing now with with Officer Justin and Candace is kind of scrambling to get some money. We got it. We're introducing the you know a candidate for the president of the United States this season. Okay. Uh, be a lot of stuff, man, that just kind of comes at you. That that you're gonna kind of go, what's going on here? And then, and then some stuff with uh, you know, Mitch, the the tow truck driver guy, mm-hmm. Ty Lepley, Ty Lepley and Candace, I think, are are, are 
you know, heading toward a train wreck. Uh, you know, Candace's mother, she's, how much more can she take of her daughter doing the wrong thing? You know what I mean? Like, just a lot of stuff, man, that's, that's coming to a head. It's kind of like, you know, when the show first started back, what, four years ago? Yeah. To where it's at now, a lot of stuff's happened, and, you know, things can only happen like that for so long until they come to a head. So For sure. I think it's gonna it's gonna be a wild ride for a lot of the fans, man. I do. Okay. Okay. All right. So so fans, make sure each and every Tuesday you're out, you're on own nine o'clock Eastern, nine o'clock PM Eastern on own. You're watching this man Philip Boyd and the rest of the cast of the haves and the have-nots out there on own doing big time things. Ratings are are, are good. Everything is lovely there. So, fans, make sure you get there each and every Tuesday. Watch this big-time show. It has the twists, turns, ups, downs, side to side, and all this other great stuff. So make sure you're watching it each and every Tuesday, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, on own, supporting this man, actor, Philip Boyd. And, Philip, again, just just before we get out of here, I, I just to make sure we're on the same page and, and to make sure that I know exactly where you stand. End of the day, Super Bowl 51, Matty Ice and the Atlanta Falcons will be there. And will they win? How many chips do I have? If I'm betting in Vegas right now, how many chips do I have? Uh, a lot. You, know you got a lot to play with. You know, what? let's just put them all in. Let's put them all in and hope for the Put best. them all in. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. So let me ask you this. Let me ask this question again. At this and, and this time, make sure you take off your Falcon socks. Make sure you take off your Falcon underwear and your Falcon T-shirt. Let me ask it again. Are you sure the Falcons will be at Super Super Bowl 51? 51, excuse me. And are you sure that the Falcons will win Super Bowl 51? You took all that stuff off, right? It's all off. I said they're going to win. I said they're going to be there. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So uh, let's go a step farther. You know, put it all in. Are they going to win? Oh, man. Hey, can can we make another? Can I tweet? Tweet with you about this because I got to perform tomorrow, man. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, cool. Sounds good. So, so fans, make sure you go to his Twitter at Philip K Boyd. That's Philip K Boyd on Twitter. Go to his Instagram. Same thing, Philip K Boyd. Go to his website, philipboyd.net, and support all the great things going on with this man, Thanks. actor Thanks Philip so Boyd. Much. Go ahead. Thank you so, so much, man, for having me. I really appreciate the phone call. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Nothing but the best of luck to you. And if the Falcons get to the Super Bowl, we got to do this again. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. For sure. For sure. All right, dude. Take care. You too, Paul. Talk to you soon, man. All right. Merry New Year. Merry New Year to you too. (laughs) All right. Bye. (laughs) Actor, Philip Boyd, pleasure talking to him. Wishing him nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Absolute pleasure talking to him, and we'll see what happens. Before we get out of here, I gave you the Cowboys pick. 
I'm also going with the Falcons, as I just laid out. I'm going with the Patriots, and I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't have enough time to get there to talk about it, but that's who I'm going with in these playoffs. It should be fun, man, and I can't wait. I want to thank actor Philip Boyd for stopping by. also want to thank actor Keith Powers for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant, where you can listen to this show, another great show. Follow us on Twitter at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. For everybody here at GoFort, we hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye.